Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. You may be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you, musicians. You guys are awesome. It's great. It's good to be back here. It was only a few months ago that I was here, and uh, uh, we had some fun. Who was here last time around? Uh, we got our feet wet, and uh, we did all kinds of stuff, uh, which was fantastic. So I love, I love coming to GGC Life, and when Leo asked me and said, would you come on our Heart for the House Sunday, I thought, man, what an incredible honor privilege. And so I know Nathan was saying, who's excited about it being a Heart for the House Sunday? I want to ask you, who's excited about it being a Heart for the House Sunday? Come on, guys. I'm from Canberra. We get really excited in Canberra. Who's excited about it being hot for the house Sunday? This is a Sunday when potentially miracles can unfold. And, and I love that. I love that, that thing. We've got our hot for the house Sunday coming in about a month's time. So uh, I'm super excited to be able to be here with you guys. And uh, I just pray that you would just open your hearts wide. So let's pray before we get into the word this morning. Father, we just thank you that you're here in this place. You're already moving, you're already doing things, and we just are so expectant of them all. We thank you, Lord God, that uh, we're here to tap into your heart. We're here to hear your, your Holy Spirit speaking to us. And so we want to open wide our spirits to your spirit and say, do what you must so that we can respond as we should. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Well, I want to speak this morning about what I simply called uh, faith's equation, faith's equation. And so uh, I, I really want to talk about what are some of those essential ingredients that we have that are really necessary for us to live that life of faith. But before we do that, I, I'm a nice guy and I like to bring gifts. And I, so I've actually got some gifts here this morning. I've actually got a box of chocolates. And so uh, my trusty assistant here is actually going to bring me Zeke. Let's put your hands together for Zeke. There you go, Zeke. Fantastic. Thank you. I've got a box of chocolates here. Who wants a box of chocolates? How can I deny that response? Box of chocolates. How about that? There you go. Enjoy. Enjoy them. Maybe share them out. I don't know. Do something like that. Uh, you know, that's, that's good. But uh, don't you love that? That was great. You wanted a box. You got the box. That's great. Well, I'm such a generous guy. I actually have another box of chocolates. So where's my trusty assistant, Zeke? You're going to come up here. Let's put our hands together for Zeke once more. Uh, come on, Zeke. Thank you, Zeke. Thank you. You're great. Uh, I have another box of chocolates. Who uh, here would actually like their box of chocolates? Who would like a box of chocolates? Come on, sir. You've got to come up here, man. Come on. Come on. You're going to get a box of chocolates. There we go. There we go. Come on. Love it. Love it. Love the enthusiasm. That's awesome. But you know, our God's exceedingly generous, and I'm obviously exceedingly generous, so I have another box of chocolates. Let's welcome our trusty assistant, Zeke, up onto the stage. I haven't said go yet. But I'm actually going to say go very shortly. Who would like the third box of chocolates? Anyone here wants the third box of chocolates? Who wants it? <laughs> I've got to give it to him because he was super keen. Put our hands together. Well done. I'd say, why are we doing that? I just like to be nice. That's great. Uh, just doing that. But uh, anyway, but we're talking about faith. We're talking about faith. And faith is a concept that we often hear a lot about in church. And if you've been in any church for any, you would have heard about faith. You would have heard that word and a lot about it. And you read a lot about it in the Bible. In fact, I went to, I was on holidays recently in the UK. 
Uh, this is originally where I'm from, and we, we had some opportunity to kind of go around to see some amazing cathedrals and churches that were hundreds of years old, 700 years old was this one church that we went and saw in Canterbury. In fact, I think my wife even said it was over 1,000 years old. I got my facts wrong. But uh, very old, these incredible buildings that speak of, there's a picture of it. That's Canterbury Cathedral. Just an amazing building with these vaulted ceilings. And you walk around, and we always do these audio tours. We're one of those kind of families that always does the audio tour when you go somewhere, you know. And uh, so we love to hear the history. We love to kind of hear the stories that are actually behind a lot of these incredible buildings, these amazing uh, stained glass windows that themselves actually just tell a story. And they are stories of faith, many of them. Just stories of incredible men and women that over the centuries have actually journeyed on this journey of faith. And these, these buildings and these windows are testament to their faith that they lived in and that they exercised. And so faith is something that is amazing. But living a life of faith in this day and age can sometimes, it sounds so simple, and yet it's often the most difficult thing to do. We hear about it, we know about it, and yet, yet it's kind of hard. I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it hard. And, uh, and yet the, the, the Bible is clear, is that you cannot live the Christian life without faith. Listen to what it actually says here in Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. So I want you to think about that. God loves you. That's a given. We're not debating about whether God loves you and accepts you. We know the gospel says He loves us. He loves you unconditionally. You might say, Matt, I know what I did last night. He still loves you. But the Bible says here that it's faith. That pleases them. I love my kids unconditionally. But I know when they do certain things, it brings me pleasure. In the same way, it says when we live a life of faith, that is what actually pleases God. It goes on to say, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists, and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. You know, faith is at its simplest level, sorry, is simply belief. It's belief. It's belief in God It's belief in His words. It's belief in His promises. But even more importantly, faith is believing God. It's not just believing in God. It's actually believing God. There's a difference. And God wants you to believe Him. He wants you to believe what He says. He wants you to believe His character. He wants you to believe His nature. He wants you to believe His promises. He wants you to believe His words. He wants you to believe that He is good that He's faithful, that He doesn't lie. He wants you to believe that He's always working to see His purposes fulfilled in your life. He wants you to believe that He is above all and that He holds the universe in the palm of His hand and He is in control. He wants you to believe that He's mighty. He wants you to believe that He's majestic. He wants you to believe that He's divine. He wants you to believe that He's all-powerful, that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. He wants you to believe. Him. Faith is believing God. You know, and, and when I was handing out my box of chocolates, I wasn't just doing that just to be nice. I was being nice. But I was looking for those that had faith and that earnestly desired those box of chocolates. And I think you would say that the three people that got those box of chocolates demonstrated faith. They believed that box of chocolates was theirs. They were up. They said, that's mine. Everyone else, sit down. That's mine. And what did they get? 
They got their box of chocolates. They got what they believed for. It's a simple illustration, but it's a powerful one. I wasn't looking to give the box of chocolates to someone who was sitting there not believing. For those of you that sat there and went, oh, I wonder what he's up to. You didn't get a box of chocolates because of your attitude. Because of how you were, you just had no faith, you had no expectations, so you didn't actually get a box of chocolates. <laughs> but those that expected, those that actually said had faith and believed, they didn't know where I was going, they didn't know what I was doing with it, but they said, that box of chocolates, that's mine. Did you get your box of chocolates? Did you get your box of chocolates? What have you done with them? Save them for later. <laughs> <laughs> did you get your box of chocolates? What did they have in common? They had faith. They had faith. They believed and they received. Why? Because I was pleased with their response. And because I was pleased with their response, they got what they desired. You know, it uh, says this in Luke chapter eight, 18, verse 8. As he taught, Jesus taught the disciples to persevere in prayer and not to give up. He said this, when the Son of Man comes... Will he find faith on the earth? See, Jesus is drawn to your faith. He's not just drawn to you pitching up on a Sunday. He's drawn to your faith. He's drawn to what you believe and what you believe uh, him about. And whether you actually choose to live a life of faith, he's drawn to that and he's looking for that. John Piper, who's a, just a world, just a fantastic man of God in the body of Christ and scholar and says this, the nature of faith and the vitality of faith is rooted in what God is like, not what we are like. I want you to think about that. Faith is not based on our journey and who we are. It's based on who He is. You don't find out what Christian faith is by consulting your felt needs. Some of us need to hear that this morning. Some of us, we're on these emotional roller coasters and our faith is determined by how we're feeling. God says, that's not faith. That's not the kind of faith I'm talking about. He says, it's not determined by your felt needs. He goes on to say this, you find out by consulting the nature of God. Therefore, if you would have your faith be strong and your marriage be strong and your family be strong and your church be strong, know your God. Know your God. See, the limit is not God. The limit is us. God is not the problem. God is not the limit to what we need. The ones, it's, it's whether we're responding in faith and believing Him and actually having faith in Him that can determine about what is He actually going to do. And on this Heart for the House Sunday, we have an opportunity to respond in faith. To actually say, God, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust your nature. We don't want to be the limitation in this equation because we know, God, that you are more than able to do incredibly more than we can ask, imagine, or believe. And we don't want to be the handbrake on what you want to do. We want to be those that choose to live in faith. Jesus said this in Matthew 21, verse 18. This is from the Passion Translation. Speaking about our need for and the power of our faith. He said, while walking, it says this, while walking back into the city the next morning, you got hungry. And he noticed a lone fig tree by the side of the path and walked over to see if there was any fruit in it, but there was none. He found only leaves. So he spoke to the fig tree and said, you'll be barren and never bear fruit again. Instantly, the fig tree shriveled up right in front of his eyes. Astonished, his disciples asked him, how did you make this fig tree instantly wither and die? Jesus replied, listen to the truth. If you have no doubt of God's power, and speak out of faith's fullness. If you have no doubt about God's power, and if you speak out of faith's fullness, 
You will be the ones who speak to a tree and it will wither away. Even more than that, you could say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will be done. Everything you pray for with the fullness of faith, you will receive. The fullness of faith, I love that phrase. Where's your faith sitting at? The fullness of faith. It's not, it's not to do with me, but it's the fullness of faith in Him who is full of faith. He is faithful. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. You get the idea. Are we full of faith in the faithful one? Faith is when we set aside our feelings and we focus on God's nature and as a result, His promises. And that's where the realm of the supernatural begins to kick in. It's where we invite miracles into the equation and the impossible becomes a reality. It's this kind of faith that should fuel our, our prayers and, and, and our actions. And, and, and I think sometimes we read scriptures like that and we're thinking about, oh, it says if we have the fullness of faith, we can move a mountain. And we're thinking about some mountain out there. I think sometimes the bigger mountain that's got to move is actually on the inside of us. We're thinking about, we need to move this mountain. I say, no, move the mountain that's inside of you first. Because there's a mountain that's in the way that's not allowing you to live in fullness of faith. And we need to move aside that mountain so that we can actually start to live in this kind of stuff that Jesus says we have as believers in Christ. This is not some future thing that you could maybe hopefully one day have. This is the living reality of what each and every one of us has in Christ. We can live in this place of the fullness of faith. And be able to say to that mountain, you move aside. And as we move aside, we're able to then respond in the supernatural miracles. And God's promise is mixed with His purpose. And His purpose is to change you and I. And to shift us to become everything that His purpose for us to become. How many of you know that as you sit here today, you're not everything that He purposed for you to become? There's still so much more He wants to do in you. Yes, he, He's over you. Yes, He loves you. Yes, He's got a plan. But there's this process at work of sanctification, of becoming more and more like Him, of letting go of things and, and discovering this fullness of faith place that He speaks about. We, we are mandated for more. You are mandated for more. You're mandated, mandated for more than, than what you're living in right now. Why do I know that? Because God is a God of more. And He loves to do more in us and through us. And so we're mandated for more. Ephesians 3 verse 20 in the Passion Translation again says it this way. Never doubt God's mighty power. I want that to drop. Because we live in an age, a skeptical age, where we often question and we so often reason ourselves out of living in this place of fullness of faith. And, we, and doubting, it says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and to accomplish all of this. How many of you have read your heart for the house brochures? You've seen the dreams. You've seen the desires. You've seen the three-year expectation, $2 million. You've seen the belief for $400,000 this year in order to actually make sure that this place can actually, this church can have a permanent home. Those things, you can look at them and kind of say, oh, I don't know. Oh, you know it, but here's the thing. Let's not doubt. Let's be those that live in this place and actually know that God is able to do infinitely more than your greatest need. So even that which we think we need, God says, I can do even more than that. 
Are we living in fullness of faith? Or are we allowing doubts and other things to creep in? He can do greatest more. He says, He can do more than your, un- than your un- most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He says, He will outdo them all, for His miraculous power constantly energizes you. So it's God at work in us, not us in our own ability, but it's God at work in us that enables us to step into the supernatural place of God doing imaginally more than all we can ask, think, or imagine. God wants to do that in this house. God's already done that over 30 years in many, many different ways, but He says, I have got more, and I want to do more, and I want to look, I'm looking for people that have fullness of faith, that actually those that say, God, we believe you. We don't just believe a man or someone that gets up here and says something. We believe you, Lord. We believe your word. We believe your promises. We believe your witness of your Holy Spirit. Lord God, we want to be those that live in fullness of faith. And we're going to say to those mountains, move aside. And we're going to be those that are going to step into the supernatural and believe for that supernatural provision. We're going to believe that we're going to see the dream come to pass. And not only what we can see, because we know we only see in parts, but we're expecting that you're going to do even more than what we can see. Because God, you see people. You see lives. You see people that don't know you yet. You see influence. You see all kinds of things that we don't even know about yet. But God, you see. Fullness of faith. We have a role to play. You know, um, I think God's going to do something supernatural. Do you know, I was thinking and I was reflecting on the dream of the leadership and what they're trusting God for and what they're asking you as a church to journey with them on towards is, you know, saying we're, we're believing for the miracle of $400,000 this year to come in for the heart for the house. And you might look around and say, that's impossible. But it's not as impossible as you think. Because this is how possible it is in the natural. If 100 people each gave $4,000, you've hit that goal. Does that sound possible? You can go, well, that sounds possible. <laughs> so where are we living? Let's believe for God to do something supernatural. Let's believe for the fullness of faith. Let's be those that choose to believe God. Let's be cho- those that choose to participate and be part of this thing. Let's, let's understand that God's going to do something amazing. I want to speak about, very quickly in the time that I have left, four things that are part of this equation of faith. And I hopefully, by the end of it, it's going to help you understand uh, that, uh, what faith truly is. And the first thing is simply this, is that faith is, awakens fear. Faith awakens fear. You know, God is something supernatural for you and for this church to walk into. The fact that we're here in this building, here in Five Dock, it's a supernatural miracle that, that we're even here in this place. I've seen the journey of this church, and I've seen the different seasons, and I've been there and, and through some of those challenging times, and the fact that you have this amazing facility in this place, it's a miracle. But this is not the end. There's still so much more that God wants to do, and God wants to do a supernatural miracle, but when you begin to step out in faith and you begin to trust God for the impossible things that are actually quite possible, you see, that's when fear can be awakened. But here's what I want to help you with, is that feeling fear doesn't mean that you don't have faith. 
I want you to understand that when you feel fear, it doesn't mean you don't have faith because it's natural for fear to be awakened when you begin to step out in faith. If there's no fear, that means we're doing it in our own strength. But when there's fear, we have to rely on God. We have to trust God. We have to say, God, this is beyond what I can just do in the natural. I'm choosing to step into the fullness of faith in the supernatural, and there's going to be some fear that's awakened as a result of that. But you've got to determine what you allow fear to do to you. You've got to decide whether you allow fear to draw you away from God and His purposes or whether you allow fear to drive you to God and His purposes. And I'm saying, I want to be those that actually say, God, no matter how impossible things may seem, I want fear to actually drive me to you and I want fullness of faith and I want to stand in the supernatural place and believe that you can do the impossible. I want to read you a a story. You know the story out of Matthew 14 with Peter walking on the water with, with Jesus. And uh, if you remember the circumstances of the story, there they appear and the disciples are in a boat, they're crossing over and it says the conditions, the winds and the wave are buffeting the boat, everyone's freaked out. And then, and then, uh, and then Jesus just comes cruising by walking on the water. I want you to think about that. I mean, I'd be freaked out just by seeing that anyways. But Jesus comes cruising on by. They're, they think it's a ghost. It says they're terrified. They shout out in fear. So, so this is where they're at. And I'll pick it up in verse 27 of Matthew 14. He says, Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? He started in fear, then he stepped out in faith, but then he allowed fear to get him to to get a hold of him again. And the key that Peter had discovered to actually overcoming fear was fixing his eyes on Jesus. When his eyes were fixed on Jesus and he was fixed on, on him, there was a supernatural miracle that resulted. He did something that no one else did. He walked on water. You see, because we're called to walk by faith, not by sight. Even though everything around him was going crazy, even though everything around him said, don't do this, you're going to die. I'm sure his mates in the boat were probably saying to him, don't do it, Peter, you're going to die. And yet Peter says, my eyes are fixed on Jesus. I'm going to walk as a man of faith. Jesus says, come, I'm coming. He's got fullness of faith in that moment. And he steps out and he does this thing that no one else does. Don't allow fear to become your master and cause you to withdraw from God, but allow fear to push you towards him, to draw you towards Jesus. The Bible says there, there is no, his perfect love casts out all fear. There's no fear when your eyes are fixed on Jesus, when Jesus is full in your heart, when there's fullness of faith in Jesus, fear doesn't have a place. Faith takes us beyond self-security and self-reliance. When you truly understand who God is and who we are in Him, that causes fear to retreat and faith to be stirred in our hearts. Someone once said this, fear knocked at the door, faith answered, and no one was there. Fear knocked at the door, faith answered, and no one was there. Fear is false evidence appearing real. Faith is trusting in and believing God despite what you may see. And God just needs a small mustard seed of that kind of faith to do incredible things. 
where are you at on this Heart for the House Sunday? I hope that the Holy Spirit's speaking into your heart this morning. I hope there's seeds of faith that are being stirred in your hearts this morning. I hope that there's something that's transacting within you to say, man, I'm not gonna just operate out of what I can see, but I wanna operate and push through fear and I wanna fix my eyes on Jesus. The second thing that we see is that faith sometimes involves failure. Faith will awaken fear, but it will also secondly involve failure. We need to stop expecting things to have to be perfect before we step out in faith. Some people kind of say, well, once this is done and that's done and this is done and that's sorted and then, and then I'll step out. And, and we've got to be prepared to understand that faith means stepping out in the face of fear and potential failure. You know, the what ifs can, be, can, can become a major stumbling block to faith. You know, Peter, if we come back to that story that we just read about in Matthew 14, Peter ultimately, you read the story, he failed. <laughs> he succeeded but then he failed. But that wasn't the end of Peter. Because if you just go on and read the story, and it's always good to continue reading the story, because when you read the story, you begin to find that Peter's journey was, was that he failed, and, and then he, you know, he kind of denies Jesus, and, and he's kind of got these things of failure. But there was something that was going on and inside of thing, because Peter didn't stay down. It says Jesus reached down. And drew him up out of the water. It says immediately, the moment he began to sink and he cried out, Jesus is right there. We've got to understand that Jesus is right there. Sometimes we're so scared and we're, we're too frightened, but Jesus is right there just waiting. He's going to rescue you. You'll know He's not going to let you sink. He's not going to let you go under. He's right there to, to kind of say, hey, you failed. But here's the thing. There were a whole lot of other disciples sitting in the boats who never got to experience a supernatural wonder. But Peter, you were at least one who decided to have fullness of faith and you fixed your eyes and you believed me and you got out of the boats and for a moment you walked on water. You experienced something supernatural. And when he failed, Jesus was right there. Don't allow fear of failure to stop you from living in faith. God wants us to have a faith response. You know, the sin is not falling down. The sin is staying down. The sin is not falling down. The sin is staying down. I'd much rather step into the place of the potential to fall down and get up, be better for it. We know that Peter became one of the fathers of the early church. When he got up on the day of Pentecost and preached that message, 3,000 people got saved and added to the church. And one day, there's evidence of miracles and signs and wonders that happened through his life. That didn't just happen in a moment. It happened because Peter was prepared to actually step out and fail. <laughs> and faith was birthed in his spirit and heart. Some of you who have failed in the past, I feel like God wants to say to you this morning, don't allow your failure to stop you from walking in faith this giving Sunday. Some of you say, oh, I've done this kind of thing before. I've sowed into churches. I've sowed into visions. Oh, it failed. Well, that's okay. I'm sorry that it failed. But don't allow failure to stop you from responding in faith. God wants you to respond out of faith, not out of failure. Sometimes it involves failure. Faith positions beyond the known and into the supernatural realm, and that's why it can involve failure. But failure can be the very place from which fresh faith is birthed. Third thing is this. Faith can sometimes produce fatigue. 
Sometimes when you're trusting God over many years and you're just believing for God and it's like, oh, it's another heart for the house, it's another offering, it's another thing, and you can just find yourself, man, I'm just, I'm just tired. I'm emotionally tired, I, I find I'm spiritually tired, and, 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 and we can all get there. But listen to what it says in Romans 4 verse 18. It says, against all odds when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promises and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word. And as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. In spite of being nearly 100 years old when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was strong so that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He never stopped believing God's promise. For he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And he became, and because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, God, Abraham glorified God. I'm sure they had their moments of doubts and they had their moments of, where their emotions would have got the better of them and they perhaps would have been tired of waiting, particularly when they've been promised a child in their advanced years. But Abraham, it says, resourced himself in God. You see, at times like this, when we're looking for a faith response from the church, we're saying, don't just rely on yourself, resource yourself in God. Because if you just rely on your own strength, that's when we become weary, and that's when faith begins to drop. But faith, by its very nature, requires ongoing dependence on God. It requires ongoing dependence on His character, on His promises, on His Word, on His Holy Spirit. Faith is supernaturally spawned. It's birthed out of intimacy with Him. To neglect that you can quickly find the grace tanks run dry. And then you're kind of just operating out of what you have to do and, and, and you're not operating out of a place of faith. But God wants us to respond. And then the last thing is simply this, is that faith requires follow through. Do you know it's not enough just to believe? I could, we can have a room here and say to everyone here, yeah, we believe, we believe. Yeah, we see there, yeah, we believe. Yeah, we believe. Yeah, what an awesome brochure. Well done. It looks like Leah and Christine are serenading one another on the front cover. <laughs> I believe you did this. Is that right? It's beautiful. Beautiful picture. Singing love songs. A duet together. Maybe we should get them to do that sometime. I don't know, you know. But, but you can read this and you can say, I've got faith, I've got faith, I've got faith. Yeah, 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 it's faith. Yeah, yeah, we're with you. But how do you know faith requires follow through? One thing to say yes, and it's another thing to action that. It's another thing to actually do something with it. it. James 2 verse 14 says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. There's action that has to happen. There's a faith response that God is looking for. And, and, and if you're going to have faith for this permanent uh, facility, then it's going to require a, a response. It's going to require a faith response for you, from you. Completing the task and the mandate that Jesus has given us is so, so important. And 
And Paul speaks about that in Acts 20. He speaks about being compelled by the Spirit. And he speaks about how my one thing that I want to do is complete the task that you gave me to do, Lord. And God's got a task for you as part of this house. And, and he says, the one thing, I hopefully your heart, he says, God, I want to be someone that doesn't just speak about faith, but I want to be someone that lives and activates faith. I want to be someone who practically shows what faith looks like. And I'm actually going to be someone who completes the task that you've called us to do. I want to be someone that responds out of that place. William Carey said this, attempt great things for God, expect great things from God. God loves it when we respond to Him. Audacious faith will awaken fear. Audacious faith will involve failure. It'll cause fatigue. It'll require follow through. But Luke 1 verse 37 says this, nothing is impossible with God. Won't you stand with me please? Nothing is impossible with God. Faith has very little to do with your strength, has very little to do with your ability or those kind of things, but it's actually our belief and persuasion in who our God is. And he, He's the one that's actually promised it. GGC Life, we have an opportunity this day to see tomorrow today. You have an opportunity in this moment and as the guys explain how that's going to work shortly, you have an opportunity to do something about the future and to respond out of the fullness of faith. You have the opportunity to say, God, I don't want to allow those things that we spoke about to dictate my response, but I want to, I want to have that fullness. I want to have a faith response. I want to believe for a miracle to happen here today. I want to believe, Lord God, that you're going to do something and I'm going to be part of that miracle. Because we're believing for a spiritual home, a place that's going to touch many lives. We're believing for a place that's going to influence people to bring glory to Jesus and be a base to extend His kingdom. We're believing for something that's going to be a testimony, not only to our generation, but the generations to come. That's going to be an incredible legacy that just like those stained glass windows and those buildings that we saw earlier are going to be something when people look at them, they're going to say, wow, what an incredible example that is of the fullness of faith. Those people dared to trust God. Those people put themselves out there. Those people stepped out into the unknown. Those people followed through with their faith. Those people dared to believe God. Those people operated out of His promises. Those people said, I'm not going to allow fear to, to get me to shrink back. Those people said, God, I'm going to be those that actually respond. And God did something amazing. You know, I, I'm, I've I have no vested interest in today. And in some ways, that's God's sense of humor. That here I am. I go back, to, I drive back to Canberra later today. And, but the thing is, you know what, ex, what excites me is to hear of the miracle that God does in this house on this day in honor of Him because there were people here that said, God, we want to operate out of the fullness of faith. Can you believe with me for something supernatural to happen? I believe that even now as I've been talking, some of you came today and you thought, you had a figure in your mind, said, this is what I'm going to do. I feel like even now the Holy Spirit's speaking to some of you and saying that I've got a, I've got a different number. I'm not even saying what that number is. Some of you business people, God's speaking to some of you right now and saying, hey, I know you've done some of this before. I know you've been involved before. He says, but I've got a faith response I'm looking for you from today. Are you going to step up? 
Are you going to operate out of that place of the fullness of faith? Because there's a miracle that's about to happen. God's not so impressed with the amount that you're giving because every person will give something different. But it's about, are you giving it out of faith? Are you operating out of faith? Don't just operate about what you can do in the natural. Let's step into something supernatural. Let's believe God to do something supernatural. Let's believe the potential for failure, that potentially I might go down. But God, I'm fixing my eyes on you, Jesus. I believe you. I trust you. And you're going to do something amazing. And I'm going to be part of a miracle, a supernatural miracle that people are going to look at and say, wow, I know what those guys are and I've seen how they trusted God and God you could not have done anything but because it was you that's where I want to be can, can we pray and I'm going to hand over to the guys and they're going to administrate uh, this morning but let's just pray together Father I just thank you for your word that just encourages us and Father I pray that this morning that you would just come Lord I, I, I just my heart cries that your word would birth faith and your Holy Spirit would just seal it. Lord God, we want to be those that operate out of the fullness of faith. We want to be those that don't allow fear to get a hold, but that we respond out of faith. And Lord, we're believing for the future of this church, that in this moment, we're going to reflect on this day and say, God, there was a miracle Sunday. You did something incredible. You, the, the, the future was seeded. The, the people responded, not out of obligation, but out of faith believing in you, believing your promises, believing your word. And Lord God, it's a miracle what you've done. Lord, thank you in advance for what's going to happen. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com. Or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.